Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night from wherever you are. My name is Roy, and this is Saddest Night Out. This is a podcast where I do whatever I want, and you have no choice but to listen. And this is the very first time that I'm doing this, so we're starting from the bottom. Also, disclaimer, I'm very ill as I record this, so you're going to hear a lot of coughing and sneezing. And I'm going to be washing dishes while I do it, because I keep putting off this chore. <coughs> okay, let's listen back and see how it was. Okay, I listened back, and that cough sounded all kinds of disgusting, so I apologise. I will do what I can in the editing part to lessen that blow. Right, so, I'm going to do it again. <coughs> Saddest night out. That is my moniker online. That is how I exist on the internet. And the purpose of this podcast is just to take my thoughts and turn them into words, and then eventually I'll turn those words into action. So I have a very bad habit of putting off doing things because I keep going over it in my head. But talking about it in my mind makes me feel as though I've done it when I haven't. And so I'm an Olympic champion at procrastinating. And this podcast will be a step towards eliminating that trait. It'll also be a chance for me to talk to some interesting people who I think are in the before stages of their careers. And who knows, in a year, five years, ten years, they might be in the after stages when they become much more popular than they are now, and we can come back to this and go, oh, hey, I, there's an interview with them from before they had that big break, and they were interesting then. So, there are many things I'd like to do with this podcast. I would like, primarily to get my thoughts out, treat it like a confessional, or, uh, you know, if you ever watch Twin Peaks, how that main agent, I can't remember his name, it's Doug? Why does Dougal come to mind? His name's not even Dougal. But anyway, that main FBI agent, the hero of the whole show, his name has escaped me. He's constantly pulling out his dictaphone and saying Diane and telling her notes. This podcast is my Diane. That's one facet of this entity that's going to again, isn't it? <coughs> I really shouldn't be recording this, but I keep putting it off and I don't know when I'm going to get better, so here we are. Besides, it'll be a funny story later. Yeah, so... Uh, one use of it will just be to talk just to talk about the things I have on my mind so I can get them out there and stop obsessing over them another thing I like to do is to talk to people that I have met to create stuff so that I can understand where they're coming from the three things I touch upon on any interviews I do are inspiration, process and ambition because I think in this day and age the creative industries are in a very weird place and most people's idea of in- encouraging potential newcomers is to gather people who have already made it so they can tell the newcomers, hey, if you just stick with it, keep working hard, be nice to people, etc., you can make it too. That will make newcomers think, yeah, I can make it. I think it would be more interesting to talk to people who are also newcomers so you can feel a little less alone in what you're doing. Uh, so that's one thing I want to do. Another, th- So it's... Putting my own thoughts out there. It's talking to creative people who are in the ascendant of their career. It's also talking, having roundtable discussions about different topics. The next episode I'll be putting up is a conversation I had with a couple of friends about the Academy Awards. It was recorded the day before the Academy Awards. So it's a lot of speculation. and Just a, just a conversation about what is the importance of the Academy Awards in the first place. Do they even matter anymore? 
There was a one. Anyway, I'll let you hear more about that when I put that out. Another thing I like to do. <coughs> in between coughs, is to put some of my music out. I make music as loads of Japanese bands. Yes, I know. It is the most genius band name ever. Thank you. But yeah, I make music and I also procrastinate a lot when it comes to that. So I could try to put some of that in here. I don't know if anyone's ever released music via podcast before. So that could be a fun experiment. I also like to put other people's music on here. Again, primarily people who are in the early stages of their careers. Largely because then I wouldn't have to worry too much about royalties. But, you know, just to put some more good music out there that might not otherwise get much attention. Or be struggling for attention with everything else. I'd like to talk to the people that make that music. I would like to eventually turn this to video also. But that will take time and money. Money that you can help to provide because I intend to set up a Patreon. So that people who enjoy what they're getting from this. Or people who don't enjoy it. Just anyone. People who are weirdly into masochism. I don't know. Can give a pound a month to help me to do more stuff with this. Because I think it could be pretty cool. And the coolest idea I have for this. Is to. Use it as something of a fancy. I don't know of any other podcasts that do this. But I think it could be a really cool idea. So, I'm incredibly broke. Which means I don't go to... I don't leave the house much, full stop. But I used to go to quite a few gigs. Even though there were free gigs. At university, I used to go to lots of gigs in Leeds and Manchester. I went to university in Huddersfield. Not much was happening in Huddersfield. But it was a short-ish train journey away from either Leeds or Manchester. So I used to go to a lot of gigs there. I think back at my parents' place, I've got a lot of memorabilia from that time. Here in London, which is where I'm recording this, I went to a lot of gigs towards the end of 2017. Primarily free gigs using the app Dice. And that's when I first started talking to, to interest. That is when I first started to talk to interesting people. I guess just recording myself like this will teach me just how much I need to work on public speaking. We'll get there. Yeah, so I used to go to gigs, free gigs, talk to people, talk to people in the bands, talk to people who are fans, talk to people who are fans of the bands, and that's what first gave me the idea to record something like this. But since I don't get out much, I do like to check out people who have seen gigs on Instagram and watch their videos and pictures. I used to be that guy who, when I go to gigs, I think, oh, why are people filming it? You should be here in the moment, instead of watching it through a screen. Blah, blah, blah. I think maybe it's part of getting older. I don't know. But I've gone from thinking, man, I'd love to go to Glastonbury, to thinking, you know what? I think watching on BBC is probably the best seat in the house. If you're out there in that field, surrounded by thousands of people, especially if you're having to lose your friends and you're just by yourself, it's cold and it's wet. Well, these days, Glastonbury is always pretty ridiculously warm. And you can barely see the stage. Yeah, I imagine sometimes just watching it from home is a lot more comfortable. But I do enjoy watching other people's footage of the gigs they go to. And I thought, what if I got said people to record themselves talking about the show they just saw? It could be 30 seconds, a minute, two minutes, just saying, Hey, I am John. I live in London. I just saw Interpol play at Hammersmith Apollo. And it was fantastic. First time seeing them. Really liked the new album. Show was better than I could have hoped for. 10 out of 10. We'll see you again. Blah, blah, blah. I've got a bunch of people to do that and put it together. <coughs> that 
could be interesting. And part of what inspired this is the end of the enemy magazine existing. That should give you some idea of when I recorded this. It's currently Tuesday the 13th of March. Yes, it is. It's actually 4pm, Tuesday afternoon, 13th of March, 2018. Enemy magazine printed its last issue Friday just gone. Now, I believe Enemy magazine... Enemy, the entity, will continue to exist online. And it makes sense that it's come to an end because... Also, I've just decided this episode will last as long as it takes me to wash these dishes. So, we could be here a while. It makes sense that Enemy Magazine's come to an end because... With the internet being where it is, a printed magazine just couldn't keep up. The only thing a printed magazine could bring you is really gorgeous pictures that you could physically put on your wall. Otherwise, the actual articles and so on, unless it was really interesting long-form articles. If, it, if Enemy Magazine prides itself on telling you about new artists, it, it's coming to you once a week. By the time you get this week's issue, it's telling you about stuff you've probably read about five times already online. So it's inevitably beaten to the punch. You're hearing me walk away from the sink because I need to blow my nose. Once again, I apologise for the incredibly disgusting sound effects I have added to today's episode. (coughs) 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 Yeah, so Enemy Magazine's come to an end. Enemy should continue to exist. And I got caught up reading other people's eulogies of Enemy. Everyone has some fond memories of it from some point. And everyone seems to agree that it wasn't where it used to be. So I was curious about what made it what it once was. And it looks like Enemy once provided to people what Pitchfork and other blogs provide now, and arguably what Instagram and Facebook and Twitter provide now, which is the it could let you feel like you're part of a community from wherever you are. So the example that's always used, I think, by some editors, maybe Chrissy Muirson, I can't quite remember, but someone uses the example of some kid living in the middle of Hull. You know, it's a dead end town, nothing's happening. They're bored off their faces. But, where are all the tissues? But, they can pick up their weekly copy of Enemy and feel like they've been to these amazing gigs and seen these amazing bands and talked to these amazing people who all seem really cool. And you can feel a little less alone out in the middle of armpit town nowhere. Now, as I was saying, I think Instagram, I think social networking in general has come to take that place. But I still think there is a desire to hear from people who are enthusiastic, but rather than hearing from self-anointed harbingers, uh, gatekeepers of cool, what if instead you heard from the, the, the fans, the enthusiastic people? I don't think fan clubs exist as much as they used to. I think in the early days, fan forums were a, pop, a common thing, I think. The Libertines probably the most popular one, where they would arrange impromptu gigs on their fan forum. Fans would show up at the, the band's actual flat to hear the performances, raise enough money for rent, etc. I think that I used to be part of a Strokes fan forum. It was called Hard to Explain When I Joined, and now it's called Toxic Radio. And it's very much gathering dust at this point because I think everyone, again, everyone's migrated to either Reddit or Twitter, Instagram, etc. But there's still a desire to, at least for me anyway, maybe I'm the only one that feels this way, but to hear. 
people who are enthusiastic about something talk about the thing that they are enthusiastic about. I think that's interesting. I think it's appealing. So I didn't go to that on the Queens of Stone Age cake, but I get to see videos from people who did go, who got to the front row, who were there with all their friends, and who had a great time and absolutely loved it when Mark Ronson came out and joined them, etc. That sounds cool. So I thought, what if I could get such people to record themselves after the gig, at the gig, saying what they thought of it, and I'd compile it and turn it into an episode. And that's what I mean by a, a fanzine podcast. Could be cool. Might suck. One way to find out. So those are the, the broad strokes of what I intend to do with this podcast. I am currently unemployed. I say currently, I've been employed for a while. I am fell into the cliche of no, I need to quit my job and everything else. I can focus on my precious, precious art of making music. But then when you are the only one that's running those things, at least for me anyway, I can be, as I previously mentioned, I can be incredibly guilty of procrastination. And because it's just me watching the deadline, I can keep pushing that deadline back. But it is not good to do that. I tried to break it by going to open mic nights. I went to one and I found someone on Instagram. If you search Instagram, hashtag saddest night out, you'll find a post from the 1st of June 2017. Someone took a picture of me performing at my very first open mic. I did it a cappella because I, I think it's very easy to get stuck in the trap of one waiting until something is perfect before you pursue it. And I thought, no, let me... So I wanted to do an open mic night, but I thought, I need to first get the perfect song, the back, perfect backing track, the perfect guitar, etc. And then I thought, no, let me just do it in the worst, scariest way possible, realise the world won't end, and then take it from there. So, I went to an open mic night at the Lucas Arms by King's Cross Station, and I sang an original song, a cappella, and I had, the, I had the tune for ages, but I just finally, once I knew how to perform it, I had to finish it. So I wrote down some lyrics on that day's edition of the Evening Standard, went up, grabbed the mic, when it was my turn, and performed. And I felt like, okay, now the wheels are turning a bit, I'm actually doing something. And that chutzpah that I displayed on that day has somewhat waned since. I am, I consider myself close friends, with at least good friends, with the person who ran that open mic night. His name is Romeo Crow. you should check him out online. Because <coughs> he is one groovy dude. His words, not his words. And I got to the point where I was actually helping to run some of, his, some of his open mics because I kept going to them. And he liked what he saw in me, I guess. Unfortunately, the open, mic, the open mic nights that I ran came to a close rather abruptly. I think within one week, pretty much all of them said, yeah, we don't need them anymore. Which, which hurt my feelings, to say the least. And again, I've taken my foot off the gas pedal and started to coast. So I'm trying to not give myself the opportunity to do that. And that means I need to find something I can do that helps to further my goals with the least amount of ostensible effort. It's, I liken it to going to the gym. If you have to take two buses and a train to get to your gym, it will be very easy for you to talk yourself out of going to the gym. 
if you wake up a little bit late, that'll be enough. You'd think, oh, I've woken up 10 minutes late, it's going to take me forever to get to that gym, I won't go today. But if the gym is a two-minute walk away, it's that much harder to come up with an excuse to stop you from going. By the way, I haven't finished the dishes, I'm just going upstairs, I don't know why. This is, you know how I mentioned I'm very bad at procrastinating? Yeah, this is, this is that in real time. So, yeah. So if your gym is around the corner as opposed to a million miles away, you might be more inclined to go even when you don't feel like it because it's just there. And that was the intention with this podcast, primarily. When it comes to making music, I can be very guilty of putting it off and putting it off because, oh, I need to buy this equipment first or I need to finish writing these lyrics or I need to get this sound just right, etc. And when I do that, then I can. And when I do that, then I can. And you can keep pushing it further and further back. But with a podcast, all you need is some audio and an internet connection. I'm currently recording this onto an iPhone 5 with the headphones that come with the phone. I'm just talking into the microphone that you use to answer phone calls. And I'm also hoping no one calls me. So, yeah, lowest barrier barrier to entry, cost of entry, one of those terms in economics. And it's something that I can quickly get up and go with. And then I can build upon it. This is basically an evolution of singing a cappella at my first open mic night. We are back at the sink. Now I feel thirsty, so I'm going to fill my water bottle. Have something to drink. I'm terribly ill. There's an open mic night happening tonight at the Reliance Pub by Old Street Station. It's a fun one, and I enjoy going to it, but I'm just too ill. And younger me would ignore that and just try and power through. But I think as I rapidly approach 30, I need to respect my body and listen to it. That's good. Understand that it's not as resilient and elastic as it once was. So I need to recover and then go at it. Go ham. As the French in France would say, just stretching. I'm also incredibly achy. Just an old bag of bones, what can I say? So, I make music as loads of Japanese bands. I have a SoundCloud. Well, I had a SoundCloud with a few songs on it, all called Midnight. But I think I'll take those songs off and just put episodes. And I wince to call them episodes, to keep putting up recordings of this podcast, and I wince to call it a podcast, keep putting up recordings of this on the SoundCloud instead, because that's an easy way to turn it into a podcast, as opposed to setting up a website and a proper feed, etc, etc. <sighs> so I think I'll only have my music be in episodes of this show. Which I think could be an interesting experiment. I don't know of anyone else who has released music that way. So let's see. Maybe I'll set a precedent, or maybe it'll be a laughing stock. Sometimes you don't know till you try. The music I make, uh, how would I describe it? I think the primary influence of picking up a guitar was the strokes. I... That whole 2000s indie rock scene was when I found my music. I I vividly remember, before that, I was really into... I say really into. 
I agreeably listen to because all my friends listen to the likes of Feeder and Stereophonics. That was real rock music. And indie rock was just this twiddly fiddly nonsense. Why would you listen to that? And then one specific friend, Nathan Cottrell. Hello if you ever listen to this, Nathan. Sorry it's been a while. But he said you should check out Block Party. Like Eating Glass, Helicopter, Banquet. They're great songs. So I went home that day, dialed up Bear Share. And those of you who are similar age to me will remember that. Never was quite a Napster. But Bear Share was, was my go-to. And I didn't download albums. Downloaded, I didn't download albums. I just downloaded odd songs. So I downloaded Helicopter, Like Eating Glass, Banquet. And I never looked back. Those songs were amazing. And I was a new man. So that is the primary influence to the music I make. I'm forever... Because I, thought, I think that music was just ostensibly, objectively... I, I, by the way, I just use words. I don't always know what they mean. I think that music was undeniably good. I know it fell out of favour, but that's because it became overrun by a bunch of hangers-on who just weren't as good. They fit the profile looks-wise and attitude-wise, but quality-wise, they just weren't there. In fact, that age of enemy when I really got into it, I think that's the age most people think of as its downfall. I was a little late to the strokes. I was late to white... I never really got into white stripes, but I was late to that. And I was never hugely into libertines, but I was late to that as well. And I think... By the accounts I've read, at some point Enemy magazine became akin to a gossip magazine for Pete Doherty and Carl Barat. Because that pair had quite some drama around them. So that feeling Enemy used to give, where you felt like you were a little less alone and you were part of that cool kids club and (coughs) going to the cool shows, etc. I think it I don't know. It lost its heart. It, I really don't know how to describe it, but I guess it just wasn't as attractive to people as it once was. It felt as though Enemy only really worked when it had some strong personalities to focus on. So there was a Strokes v. White Stripes, there was the Killers. Brown and Flowers can't not look good in a magazine. Some people are just born for the camera. The Horrors are another such act. They just look so good. In a photo shoot. Klaxon. I think Klaxons are probably the harbingers of doom. Because New Rave was seen as a joke. By a lot of people. I really like that Klaxons first album. And the second album's pretty good too. I love that first single Echoes from it. And the video where they're in the desert. It's like, it felt as though that like, look guys. I don't know how long we can blag this. So let's just spend any budget they give us. And go all out. But post that. I can't really think of any capital C characters that have filled that void. If I think of the artists who are popular now, Tame Impala, Mac DeMarco, Frank Ocean, I don't think any of them fit the same mould that your Pete and Carl's fit. I don't think any of them musically fit the same mould as those artists either. I honestly think, I know V Festival, speaking of endings, I know V Festival has come to an end. I wouldn't be surprised if... A few more than a few festivals follow in its wake because that type of music that just works for festival crowds isn't as popular anymore. 
I think we're in an age where the likes of Lord and Solange and Grimes and Scissor will be the ones who headline festivals. <coughs> I can't see them headlining Reading and Leeds the way that Kasabian and Arctic Monkeys do. Nor would I want them to. But you know, you play to your strengths. So I think the live music circuit will have to evolve such that those types of artists can play to their strength. Or maybe I'm wrong and Frank Ocean will headline next year and it'll be great. I don't know. But that music feels a lot more introspective, a lot more personal, a lot more oblique, that's the term. Just It doesn't seem concerned with delivering that big sing-along chorus or delivering that beat that everyone can jump up and down to and make a mosh pit to. It's all about a good vibe. And personally, I am still beholden to that more traditional type of indie rock. I was never a big fan of Kasabian. Odd songs, but by and large, no, not a huge fan. But I still think it's important for independent music, in air quotes, I don't mean that that's an appropriate term anymore if anyone believes that, but I think that just something alternative is important, not just to exist, but to elbow its way into the public consciousness. There are million and one great bands out there. <coughs> the tagline these days seems to be, if there's good stuff out there, you just have to go and look for it. And I think that's a cop-out. I think it's still important for that stuff to be shoved into the, pub, the national conversation, if you will, along with the Ed Sheerans of the world. Because my concern is the next generation of creators... It's not so much about what you do and don't like. That's, that's too personal, that's too subjective and therefore somewhat meaningless. But if the next generation of creators look to today's generation for, in, for inspiration and they see they all sound incredibly similar, then those kids will have no choice but to also make predictable music because they too want to see success. I think in this digital age that we're in, the biggest motivation for making music, maybe once upon a time, was just to make it. So you can say, hey, I made something, and get your friends to listen to it. But now anyone can make something. Anyone can put it out there for anyone to see. So you, yeah, you made your thing, but you look at it, it's got 5, 10, 15, 20, maybe 100 plays, and the next person's got 100,000. Now it doesn't matter that you've made something and put it up. It's all about how do I get people to look at it, because if they're not looking at it... It's like it doesn't count. The quickest way to get people to look at it is to sound like what is already popular. So the algorithm says, hey, if you like this, you might like this. Everyone is trying to get on the playlist, which means the prestige is on how well your music blends in. And there's so much music now. And there's always this paradox of whether I'm right or I'm just getting old and cantankerous. But it feels as though music today just feels more predictable. And that's my concern. Both in the music, the people making it, the way it's presented, it all feels a little cliché. I'm not saying you need to invent new notes or new instruments. I mean, you can, but... The revolution can be, can be brought to life with guitar. It just needs a new narrative. 
It's like that's like that statistic. I'm not really sure where it's from, but I'm going to go with it anyway. There are more MPs in the UK named John than there are female MPs. You know, I just feel like our future requires new archetypes. Technology has evolved, but society hasn't kept up. I think our next Bob Dylans or Van Halens or whatever won't look anything like those guys. And the sooner we can start ushering in this next wave, the better. And this goes for everything, for film, for theatre, for art, for pop culture at large. We, for society, we need to get more comfortable with seeing something take the limelight that wouldn't typically take the limelight. The sooner we can do that, the sooner we can get over ourselves and our biases of what should and shouldn't be popular, the sooner we can really embrace the future and do some really cool stuff with it. Ugh, I'm getting there. I've got like one bowl and a few bits of cutlery left. So, with this podcast... Whenever I have a chore to do, like just washing the dishes, I've been doing that, it can take me twice as long as it should because I'll keep interrupting myself to have these conversations with myself. I don't know if that's a sign of madness or if everybody does it, but <sighs> hopefully this podcast, such interruptions will be more purposeful or go towards something. I'm feeling tired just from talking. That's how ill... I am. Any thoughts and prayers you can send my way, I'll be most grateful. I am very inspired by James Murphy of LCD Sound System. Because he talked about how he was in a habit of, I guess, bitching and whining about everything that was wrong with all the other bands he saw play. And someone on the line decided you can either keep continue to complain or you can become the argument you want to make. As a wise man once said, be the change you want to see in the world. And that's basically what he did with the LCD sound system. That's what I'm trying to do with loads of Japanese bands. Instead of pointing fingers and complaining about, oh, this and this and X and Y and Z, I'll be the thing I'd like to see. And then I can shut up. So for starters, I intend to release a whole bunch of songs. Release in air quotes, I don't even know what release means. Definitely not, not in physical form, not for a while. When it does eventually come out physically, it will cost a lot because I think at some point the physical will become priceless because everything will be digital. And the magic, the romance of digital for me is that with a flick of a switch, it could all be erased. And it'll be like it never existed. So, I intend to put out a bunch of songs that are all called Midnight. Because, as I mentioned earlier, it sounds like everybody's trying to get on the playlist. And when that's the case, especially with services like Spotify, etc., everyone's desperately trying to get noticed. The music feels less like an art form. It feels less like you're walking through an art gallery with lots of different pieces all telling you something about 
themselves and their creators. And it feels more like walking through a shopping market. When you walk down the, the bread aisle, you see all these loaves of bread that look exactly the same and all, if you watch the movie Sausage Party, they're all vying for your attention or hoping to get chosen. But it doesn't, you know it doesn't matter which loaf of bread you choose, they will all be just as good as each other. That is what playlists, the playlist culture has reduced music to. Not reduced, because with these evolutions, it's never really better or worse, it just is. But that's what it feels like with music now. It's less about different pieces of art screaming for your attention and all the shock of the new. Now it just feels like many artists trying to lull you into that sense of comfort of, oh, you know what this sounds like because it sounds like the other thing you already like. And in doing that, it feels like it's less pieces of art and more tins of beans on a shelf. So I am doubling down on that idea by literally giving all these songs the same name. Since it's the age of convenience we're living in, I'm trying to make it that much more convenient by doing away with the pesky irritation of having to remember different titles. Now they've all got the same name. And I want this midnight because midnight is a romantic time. It's the start of something new. I remember back in the day when you were younger, if you were awake past midnight, it was taboo. Like, oh, I shouldn't be awake at this time. It felt as if anything could happen. Nothing would happen because you'd just be in your room. But I felt like, oh, I'm breaking the rules. And I like the idea that good times will come and go, seasons will change, but at some point, somewhere on this planet, it's, it's always midnight. So I will put some songs titled Midnight in amongst these recordings that I'll put up. Some might be full songs, some might be demos that we'll revisit later. Again, I don't know if other artists have done this before. Probably Trent Reznor, he's the kind of guy who seems like he will try anything once. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's done something similar. Ah, I finished it, we did it, we did the dishes guys. Proud of you. Alright, I'm going to slowly saunter up to my room and I'll try and listen back to this and edit it. I think I will put this up. I know I've rambled and that's probably boring. I know I've definitely coughed and sneezed my way through. But I have recorded something like this, I think, five times now. And it will never be perfect. So I'm going to put this one up regardless. And I will end it with some kind of music. I don't know what music I'll put up. But if anyone has listened to this, thank you. And there's clearly something very wrong with you. Once again, my name is Roy. I exist online as Saddest Night Out, so Twitter and Instagram. And Reddit. Uh, Facebook, eventually. And I make music as loads of Japanese bands. Oh, my goal, my most immediate goal is to play a show in London. And I'll be using my Instagram account to build momentum towards doing that. So stay tuned, folks. Dearly beloved, thank you for your time and your attention. Uh, Feel free to subscribe. Feel free to give me a pound a month. And here's to the next one. Now get out of here, you filthy animals. 
said that. I need to actually. Yep. Bye.